What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having an awesome Wednesday evening. Welcome to Hello There. We are talking Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, part three today. I like that they're calling them parts. Like this is truly a movie, by the way. Uh, if if you have not watched episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi, do not watch this episode of Hello There just yet because we are going to get into some heavily, heavily spoilery territory. I'm Josiah Leroy with me today. The man that looks as good as you and McGregor. He's got the twin over here, Mr. Baba Yaga, John Fick. What's up, John? Oh, look at him. Oh, I am what you made me. Oh, that line stuck with me so hard. Look at all this red. I'm breaking the camera. I wore the red shirt, too. Look at that, baby. It, it's a lot of red. Yeah, for sure. I think my eyes hurt <laughs> through the screen here. You're welcome. That is a- what do you think mine feel like in real life? <laughs> if anyone has ever seen the episode of Seinfeld where the, the uh, Kenny Rogers chicken moves in next door to Jerry and Kramer and the red light is coming into jerry's apartment that's exactly what it looks like <laughs> google it it's uncanny uh anyway thanks for joining us live for our chat at twitch.tv slash the we love getting the community involved we love having you participate in the chat throw as many comments and questions our way we want to be a part of all of that talk also if you're watching the video back after this at youtube.com slash the we appreciate you or listening on podcast services wherever you listen to podcasts so we're going to get right into it. If you haven't checked out our last episode, we covered, of course, parts one and two for the premiere last week of Kenobi. But today, we've got the perfect continuation. We've got a lot of dark stuff. John, we're... You know, hang on, time out. Reactions. Give me, give me the 101 on this episode of Kenobi. I loved it. It's what we wanted. It is, uh, it's, what I, it's where I expected. So again, we're full spoilers here. It's, it's what I expected Sorry, when I expected to get Vader. Episode 3 seemed like a perfect time. We got the slow buildup with episodes 1 and 2, seeing what's going on with Kenobi, getting introduced to the Inquisitors, what's going on. Just a little bit of backstory. And episode 3 felt like the perfect time to see to see Darth Vader suit up and start to hunt down Obi-Wan. And that's what we got. And man, it was brutal. It was like, it was devastating. That is, uh, that is, a, dark, that is a dark episode. We're going to talk a lot about it, but man, that was, uh, that was brutal. So is there not the perfect irony and symmetry in the the rhyming of Star Wars? Revenge of the Sith, episode three, the horrible, dark stuff that we get in that one. Of course, episode three of Kenobi. What do we get? We get the reverse. We get the almost alternate universe edition. We get Kenobi getting burned by, by some of what Anakin went through before he made that full turn to the dark side, plus a lot of other dark stuff that we'll get to here shortly. But um, I mean, let's just jump right into it. I, there's no holding back. First of all, my, my thoughts, just what John said, lots of stuff here. I don't know that I expected as much Vader this early on. A part of me, so I wanted this, but a part of me was not expecting the real head-on-head Kenobi and Vader stuff until the last episode because I was like, this well, is going to be too much. They're going to build up. I think we're still going to get that. I think this was like, we will. this was yes. your chase scene, but I agree with you. This was more than I expected in that first like cat and mouse chase scene. Once, uh, once the Grand Inquisitor went down last episode, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I understand where you're going from a story perspective. You're getting the Grand Inquisitor out of the way so Vader can lead this. That make, that like Once he went down, I'm like, okay. Vader, because you know they set up this they set up this hierarchy with the Inquisitors, and it's their job to hunt down the Jedi, and they answer to Vader, right? But yep. we want we want to see Vader face off with Obi Wan. So how do we make that make sense? Grand Inquisitors out of the way. I I think you're totally spot on there. Uh, I mean, just 
so I'll say this in terms of my one-on-one in the episode as I gather my thoughts here that I've been thinking about this thing all day. I've been talking about it with friends, coworkers, etc. Uh, there, I really don't think there's been a misstep with this series so far. If I reflect on um, Mandalorian, the, you know, the two seasons we got there as well as book of Boba Fett, I think about maybe even more so book of Boba Fett and how much tighter this is like this, like it's the it's pacing just, is so good. The pacing is incredible. Day. It, yeah. You know, I, I, I am a, a big defender of the sequel trilogy, despite the lack of direction at, at a lot of turns. And Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett felt more like they were a little bit rudderless, going week to week. Hey, we're gonna just make this up as we go along, to a degree. Whereas Kenobi is like finely crafted, like it was a complete movie, and they chopped it up into those six parts. Yeah, the, the, as it kind of was originally intended to be. Right, the love and care is put into the story. Like, and you got to you got to think about it, man. Like, this is such an important, such an important character with an important actor, an important story in Star Wars. They couldn't screw this up. They had to sit down for years and storyboard this and like make sure that they're telling a story that's worth telling um, and making it work for a six part series. Which I think that they're so far on a. We said pacing has been stellar. I mean, like. It's just like the the slow episode one, the the awesome visuals we've been seeing just sprinkled in, the terrifying Vader. I mean, like the if you think about it, this entire episode was Obi Wan running from Vader. Like the entire time, it was just him on the run. So like you you say that, and that's almost like I don't know if I'm necessarily like interested in an episode watching just some people. That that's what some people's criticism of the Last Jedi is, right? The the, the entire plot of the movie is they're just on the run. That's it. They're, that that one ship is running from another ship, and that's the plot of the movie. You know, that's kind of like a meme, but that's what people kind of complain about about the plot of that movie. That's what the plot of this episode was too. But it was fun to watch and terrifying to watch and beautiful to watch at times. It's funny. I saw one criticism today about them being like, "Oh, this is a familiar Star Wars trope." Trying to, uh, you're on the run. You're tiptoeing around the Empire. You're saving the princess. And I'm like, "That's Star Wars. This is the big bad Empire. They're a dictatorship. Right. They will destroy you if you step out of line." That's the point of this. Uh, so we, it, we, it's some silly stuff online for course. sure. I mean, you, you and I are unapologetic. We love all this stuff, and it's you know, even if they do miss that, we'll acknowledge that. But we we love the way mm-hmm. we got there, and we love how, where we're going after that. We talk about sure. step, stepping out of line and paying the price, or whatever, you, however you phrase that. We talk about the ruthlessness of Vader. Like, Dude, let's we, let's get into it. We've we've seen we. So, I'm I'm on the record of saying that things like the Clone Wars and Jedi Fallen Order and the Charles Soul Vader comic to me that saved Vader. I didn't think, as someone who kind of for the first time digested the original trilogy as like a, a teenager, maybe even like early twenties, the first time I sat down, like, all right, I'm gonna get into Star Wars. I've talked all about that on Star Wars Reviewed. Um, Vader wasn't like the most appealing thing in the world to me. I see how as a kid you're watching Star Wars for the first time, especially back in the 70s and 80s, and you see you see Vader, and that's mind blowing. That's like this amazing thing, and I see how that carries with you, you know, throughout your years. But for me, when I first saw Vader, I'm like, this is just an okay villain. I understand that it's iconic and everything like that. Vader was made for me with the subsequent material, and. I don't think we've gotten anything even close to the, the, the couple of scenes that we've gotten today. The, the, the ruthlessness, the way he's just dragging civilians, he snapped a boy's neck for no reason. Like, it is absolutely brutal. Dude, uh, so Surf Green in the chat and, and Twitch, Ewan's acting is so good. I felt emphasis on felt Obi-Wan sadness and fear when he saw Vader for the first time. Yeah, Ewan, and he, by the way, he's an executive uh, director on Producer, this yeah. show. So he's got his hand really in into the fabric of what makes this show special past just Obi-Wan Kenobi. But as 
kind of an overseer, if you will. But the Vader stuff, like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. I said it in our group chat today. Disney really took a 180 when they purchased Lucasfilm early on. Maybe it's new leadership, right? Maybe that's the direction here. But the sequel trilogy, it was no dismemberment. No one's hands getting cut off, blah, blah, blah. Right. Whatever, fine. Luke got his hand cut off 1980. It, like, what a, it wasn't gory. It's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. But they went from that to like, yeah, he's going to snap a kid's neck and it, it's nothing. And it's been like baby steps the way they've used Vader like this. You think about the, I would consider this the third time they've done this. The first being Rogue One, right? The 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 hallway scene in Rogue One. And that blew yeah. all of our minds into, in, into what we've seen from Vader until then. That was incredibly brutal. But compared to something yeah. like this, it's not at all. The second step, I would say, is Jedi Fallen Order. The spoilers for that game. You see Vader at the end of Jedi Fallen Order, and he does something very, very similar, and he kills Trilla, and that's relatively brutal, and that's just like a, a almost on rails, but absolutely fearsome and brutal scene. I think that's one step up from what we got in Rogue One, and now this is just like this is the Vader that everyone's afraid of. This is just the ruthless like, and man, knowing that it is Hayden Christensen, just knowing that oh, yeah. helps me put that perspective in this is anakin skywalker just like thinking everything he does i'm finally able to put that through the perspective of this is the anakin that i have watched through three movies and what i don't know hundreds of episodes of the clone wars like the anakin that i've fallen in love with and and you know heartbreakingly watched turn into vader now that i know that it's him i can finally like make that connection when i go back and watch the original trilogy i usually can't like this isn't anakin this is vader right like that's always been a thing for me just to just to watch him drag somebody through, you know, with the force by their neck through the dirt, and thinking, man, that that's that's Anakin. It's kind of heartbreaking, but really, really interesting. Yeah, I I agree with that point. I love the way, even the some of the motions Hayden Christensen makes when he's he's uh, choking people in that village and dragging them and all that. Uh, by the way, they had a coach, kind of a, a Vader movement coach, if you will, on set to make sure that he was capturing how Vader should move. Interesting. And I think that's very interesting because they're right. Like, right. He's a little bit Frankenstein. He, he can't just be super flexible and all over the place. Kind of like we would have seen a younger Anakin Skywalker. He's right. got to be a little bit rigid, but there's a, a gap between a new hope and then going back to revenge of the Sith. And I think we're seeing that. And I love that he, he mimics David Prowse, who was the original inside the, the, the suit, Darth Vader in the original trilogy. He's doing an amazing job with that, but there's that just a little bit of flair that says this is Aiden Christensen. Yes. And there, unleashed there, is the word that comes to mind. Right. There, there's a good balance there because like back in the, you know, the seventies and eighties when they're filming these, you know, with the original actors and everything like that, you know, technology is limited. What, what George Lucas wanted a lightsaber panel to be was even different back then. So it was being directed differently. Um, so we've seen some amazing stuff in the prequels and we've seen Hayden Christensen do some really, really cool stuff in the prequels. So I think they found a, a good balance between like, all right, paying homage to Vader's stiff movements, but also like you said, that flair, like there's some, there's some lightsaber movement going on when, when you finally you know bust it out and obi-wan has to defend himself there's there's a little bit of flair there for sure how about the the build-up too with him walking towards kenobi right like he's never like rushed he's always it's he's it's, almost like michael myers uh, (laughs) he's like it's it's like michael myers he never is running he's always just walking behind you menacing like that's that's the vibe i get for sure it's it's the hunt vader 
was was said to have hunted the Jedi. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And I think it's funny to think about the parallels in Jedi Fallen Order with Trilla. Same thing. He just walks up through that cloud right behind her and just with his mind makes her unable to move, kills her. Then I think about his relationship with Reva. Just a matter of time, right? <laughs> well, she's gone before the end of the series, right? Like, 100%. Well, I, it could be Obi-Wan. It could be Vader. We'll see. But uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's the payoff with being a, an inquisitor? <laughs> there isn't one. Survival. I mean, like you know, they think us think of yeah. the fact that these are all former Jedi, like <laughs> survival. And maybe we get that story. Be we talked a little bit about it last week, and maybe Trilla has some ulterior motives, and maybe she still is, you know, um, regretful of, of what's happened with the Jedi Order and how it's fallen, and maybe she's mad at Obi Wan for allowing it to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. What is yeah. the payoff? Death? Yeah. Right, you climb the ranks only to be really under Vader's grip, so to speak. Yeah, like I, so I love that early on. That establishes where I'm Mustafar. Loves always oh, love seeing that. The like, visuals. How many times we come back to that, now? dude. Yeah. Ca- like, Ca- Vader's castle is just so so like that. Just that shot. It's really all we got was that one shot of him sitting there and having that conversation with Reva. Reva, Reva. I always mess that up. Whatever it is. I said but, Reva. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Reva, but whatever. Probably. Um, yeah, just absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, the throne is awesome, right? Like, Vader's got that for once. And I like that sequence because, first of all, I always love seeing any Star Wars character communicate in the hologram form. I, I don't know why. That's, to me, that's like, hey, you've been immortalized. Love when Mads Mikkelsen did it in Rogue One. Anyway, that's what I'm seeing now with Reva. Reva. And Vader basically says you've got my blessing to go get Kenobi, but if you fail me, I'm going to end you. Right. <laughs> like, and that's it. There's no in between. And there was that, and there was that, that toying with her and, and she doesn't realize, but we, as the audience do, he's just saying whatever he has to, to appease them. And, but you know, she's disposable. He says, I yep. know what you want. You get this. You'll be right by my side. You'll be next up for grand inquisitor. That's such, that's a, that, that's an empty promise. He'll dispose of her the second he needs to, but that's just Vader. I mean, he just says that's Anakin in this role. It's, he says what he needs to, to make people do what they just crazy. Part of the dark side promise, right? There's lies, deception, deceit. This is all the, the things Yoda talks about. Yeah. Um, but w- let's talk about. So Vader and Kenobi, you know, kind of meet eye to eye. And I, I hope in the next bout that a little bit like revenge of the Sith, it just keeps going on and on, but that we get some really heartfelt dialogue where Vader is, is basically like resentful, but also like, Hey, you left me there. Like what the hell man? Kind of like, I I want, I want some of that. And this almost felt like reserved. Like Vader was so angry that he, he almost couldn't say more, but at the same time, he didn't want to just kill Kenobi because he could have, right? Kenobi's kind of shut himself off from the Force, even if he wants to use the Force. He's clumsy. He's struggling. He's un, like, yeah, he looks very untrained, untrained out, out of practice. Like, you wonder if he's ever ignited that lightsaber in ten years, right? Like, it's, it's right. Probably has, how long has been buried in the Dune Sea? Exactly. There, there's that, and then there's the part where Vader wants him to suffer as he did. So it's almost like stringing him along this this odd torture, right? Just to keep him a little bit at a time to have him always looking over his shoulder. So just as Vader kind of chases Kenobi, almost like that giant crater. Anyway, the, right before the, the end of their bout today, uh, I saw Vader think ahead a step and he broke that, that glass cylinder full of whatever was in there that was flammable, right? I knew, 
I knew as soon as he did it, I'm like, no, he's going to rake Kenobi over the coals, basically. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. And the poetic, as I said, the, the rhyming here, I wonder if that tells us anything as we get into episodes four, five, and six of this. Before I forget, one kind of quote rings in my head from Return of the Jedi today. And it's Vader telling Luke as they're, uh, Luke is brought to him by the, the Imperials on Endor. Vader says to, to his son, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. And I wonder if there's any part as we get into the end of Kenobi where Kenobi is like, hey, maybe I can still save him. I, I'm sure there is, right? There's some guilt there. There's going to be a conversation. There's going to, yeah. There has I, to be. I think before their final face-off, after after Obi-Wan has been visited by Qui-Gon, because that's happening for sure. Um, if it doesn't happen, I'll lose it. <laughs> me too, dude. You can't keep saying Qui-Gon Jinn in this show and not show me Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. I don't care if he's a blue holographic ghost. I need to see Qui-Gon. Uh, I need Obi. I need, I need Qui Gon to show up <laughs> and say something stupid to the effect of, "If you don't find him, I will find him and I will kill him." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That's funny. Um, so anyway, Rakin, like I said, Rakin Kenobi over the coals. Like what, dude? Yeah, that That's was as, as intense as Star Wars gets. It is, and it's like I, I, I was with you. Where I, I once you knocked that over, I'm like, okay, that's flammable. He's gonna go there. And my first instinct was like. Yeah, I'm not too worried about this because like I know Ben Kenobi doesn't get burnt up and stuff like that. So this is going to be kind of uneventful. And then it happens, and I'm like, well, I was wrong. This is brutal. Like this, this is they they totally hit on what they were going for here. Like, yeah, sure, it's not like a you know a life changing burn, but geez, is it brutal? I I think it serves a few purposes. Like uh, just a touch, it slows Kenobi down even more. Right? Like they're they're building towards that so that he is the old man that we see in A New Hope. Just yeah. little things here and there. But it also serves the purpose for Vader to obviously keep the series going, but to to really build on his demonic persona. Sure. And basically, what, what does he say? Like, your suffering is just beginning? Right. Essentially? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Intense. I saw somebody on Twitter say that, okay, now, now Obi-Wan's going to be in a back-to-tank recovering, and that's where all the flashbacks are going to happen. I don't want that. Don't give me Obi-Wan in a back-to-tank. Please, no. I don't need that. We got that in Boba already, right? Like That was our, our back-to-tank flashback fix. I don't need that again. The only way I would like it is if we got... A whole episode of Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, wow. I never considered that. Uh, yeah, yes. But also, if it was some sort of sequence that was meaningful. Even if it was like a quote that we recall later in the original trilogy, I know right. this was, it's easy when you have the answers to the test down the road, but something like that, that Ahsoka says to, to Anakin, to even a conversation between him and Obi-Wan, any of that I would, I would be all about. Um, but man, it's just, I, I don't, I, it's funny. Cause I'm like, all right, we're halfway through the series. So I'm sad, but at the same time, we have three more episodes. We're only halfway through. That's my. That's still my perspective. Like I always, when I think about these Disney Plus shows, especially Marvel and Star Wars, because we're usually comparing them to films, right? I think about them and compared to movies. Like we have a full-on movie left. We have two and a half hours left. At, you know, around about two and a half hours left of Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm totally still happy about that. Halfway through is is plenty for me. So I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm seeing the finish line. I'm getting sad about it. I'm I'm just like right in the thick of things, just ready to see what they do, where they go with the story, what other cameos we get. Get it, Cal Kestis, please give us Cal Kestis. Hide in the sky, oh but gosh. I want Cameron Monaghan so bad in mm-hmm. that. Uh, I would. Uh, oh, the the flashback, not a flashback. 
the vision him seeing anakin dude i didn't know that was anakin when i watched that this morning it's 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 like i don't know what seven o'clock in the morning my groggy eyes trying to slurp down some coffee and wake up i thought that he just saw i don't know what i thought it was i'm like okay it's just a dude in a cape like or you know in, in red in jedi robes i did not see anakin's face it wasn't until later on twitter when people were freaking out about the fact that anakin reprised you know hayden christensen stood in as anakin actually i'm like what where then I went back on my phone and watched that on Disney Plus again. I'm like, oh my god, that is Anakin with Hayden. That was insane. Yeah, I I did pick up on it right away, but I I I was just I was so glued in uh, to it. What about uh, Obi Wan and Leia's journey in this? I I I thought they captured the intensity very well. Oh, again, dude. we've talked about you and McGregor, uh, and how he's captured the emotion and the fear. Right, like how he runs away when he sees Vader. That's not the Obi Wan Kenobi we know. So I think about on the, like when the stormtroopers are there and he's they're getting this ride. I was I was nervous anytime he looked at a stormtrooper. He looked like he's about to have a breakdown. But when he he calls Leia by her name, oh, I was panicked. My heart, my heart sank. Hold on, we got to back up. Can we talk about my boy Freck and how I was so excited that character seemed so friendly, and he just turns out to be a straight up bootlicker for the Empire? I was so mad. I was like, dude, Freck, you got to be kidding me right now, dude. You you had me. I don't know who voiced him, but it sounded like, I, like it was Zach Braff. I think was it Zach right. Braff? Zach Braff was in the episode. I I don't know if, but I think that's who he was. Oh, dude, that's that. I, I, that's that's cool if it was, but like, man, my boy Freck, we, you had me. You had me in the first half, and then all of a sudden, you had to pull over that checkpoint and blow him in. Um, but yeah, the, the way the whole the way the whole thing was handled with that relationship is just so interesting to see. And they have to like they kind of have to tiptoe around a lot of this because. We know, you know, we know Leia's presumed relationship with Obi Wan and how there really wasn't much of it in her head. Like, um, obviously, she doesn't know this is Obi Wan still. She thinks this is just some man named Ben Kenobi. But, um, dude, that that line, "Are you my real father?" Heartbreaking, mm-hmm. dude. Heartbreaking. So I I've got some stuff to say about the general theme of fatherhood in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Zach Braff, by the way, yes, uh, he is Frack. I saw his name in the credits, and I'm like. Who was he? But yeah, sure enough, he is. Uh, real quick, we want to get to a few things in the chat. Courtney uh, asked, is, is this the only season, essentially, they're making? The only, we believe so. The, we've heard all these things. They said the crew had so much fun. Hayden and, and Ewan say they want to do another one. But to our knowledge, this is a one and done. Till we hear otherwise, right? Well, uh, yeah, so it, it's a one and done for this storyline. We know that for a fact. Like, they are not, like, they're, they're not going to end Obi-Wan Kenobi on... Uh, a, a note that doesn't directly lead into the sequel, tr- the, the the original trilogy. So yes, like this is it for like this series. Will they ever do something with these actors, you know, in these roles again? We hope so. That'd be awesome. But yeah, this this is this is like a bridge between the prequels and the original trilogy. Like this is that I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure they would never you know splice this up into two seasons. This is this is a very special you know limited series as they call it. Yes. Yes, they are billing it as a limited series, which tells me again this is a six-part movie. Gorms seven one six in the chat says, "How about Obi Wan not using the Force powers to trick the stormtroopers?" I don't think he Jump- can. <laughs> I don't think he could if he tried. Agreed. So, however, you, how we're waiting for Qui Gon to show up because, like, it feels like every ten minutes he's like Qui Gon. Yeah, right. Uh, I keep waiting for him to pull the old Ben Kenobi from A New Hope. Right, the the mind trick. It, 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 it'll happen. Yes. It'll happen. It will happen. That th- I feel like anyway. They're building this up like they're building up that we're going to see Qui Gon. He's going to use that. 
on someone. He's going to use a mind trick. He's getting back into it. And I think you it'll know, be he, like a, I don't think it'll be like a huge like story focal point. I think it'll be him just trying to get past somebody and it'll be like a fun little moment. Like it'll be after his, it, my, my guy says it's after his big pep talk with, with, with uh, ghost Qui-Gon after he gets, you know, he just got his ass beat by Vader. So maybe that's coming up soon where, you know, he's down and out on his last leg and he finally gets visited by Qui-Gon gets his pep talk. Maybe there's like a mo- training montage of some sort. He's got to go on a mission to do something because of something, but yeah, he'll, he'll get some, he'll be back in touch with the force and he'll use that for sure. So I also want to say, if I didn't mention this last week, uh, I love the idea that Obi-Wan has shut himself off essentially from the force. I wonder if this redeems a lot of people's viewpoints on Luke Skywalker and last Jedi, because he did the same thing. Yeah. He shut himself off from the force after a traumatic thing with his family, Vader 2.0, right? Kylo Ren. And we see that here with Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's handled much differently. Luke got bitter and, and angry. Kenobi almost sees... He did, though. Um, depressed can, and... Yeah, d- depressed and defeated, for sure. But the bitterness and the anger... too. The, the bitterness and anger was there. I mean, when that... I forget the, his name, but when that other Jedi approached him, like, there, there was some anger there. I think that... I don't think, mm-hmm. you know... It, 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 Leia is the only thing that I think could have pulled Obi-Wan out of what he was heading towards, right? Like, that was the only thing that could sure. have pulled him out of that. And, you know, you know, obviously this is all being rewritten and it's in its uh, um, new stuff, but that, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only reason that he's strong enough to kind of do what he does in the original trilogy is, to some point. So the, the point I, I want to make, a um, little bit of a tangent just on fatherhood in general. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Star Wars is about families, right? Like, it's the Skywalker saga um by the way i love when people are like let's get away from the skywalkers yeah okay fine that's like saying i don't want to let's get away from the the potters and harry yeah right kind of exaggerating a little bit anyway i I don't think uh, you are (laughs) i think it's a like very apt comparison right it's skywalker is synonymous with star wars like like cut it out anyway uh i always call back to i knew deep down as an apologist so to speak why i loved the prequels and why that Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon fight was so relevant, I could never get it past the surface or figure out why or how I wanted to articulate it. Dave Filoni does a masterful job, right? He was, he's George Lucas's apprentice. He knew the inside track on all this stuff. He's, I would say he's probably the authority on Star Wars that past George Lucas, the, the actual creator of this. He talks about, is, is if you haven't seen it, especially if you're watching live, go to, to Disney+. Plus. It's one of the episodes for the behind the scenes on the Mandalorian season one. I want to say it's the second episode, if I recall correctly. Filoni goes on a tangent about why that fight in the Phantom Menace is so important. And it's basically that if Qui-Gon loses, that there's going to be no father figure for Anakin Skywalker growing up. He's not going to have the proper guidance. Qui-Gon knows how it is on the inside of the Jedi Order. It's not perfect, right? They are the, the guardians of of peace and justice, but it's not perfect as all things are not. And he's not going to have that father figure. He's just ripped him away from his mother who he's nine years old. Imagine being in those shoes. And then, Oh, by the way, you've got the weight of expectation on you being the chosen one. So all of that plays such a big role in what eventually happened to Anakin. But in talking with some people today, it kind of came to the surface for me that I'm like, Oh my gosh, but that also mattered a lot for Obi-Wan because as much as we talk about Qui-Gon not being there for Anakin or even to a degree, Luke, Luke had a father figure for, for a while in Ben Kenobi. It was, it was a very little while. And 
he had some guidance with Yoda, even though that's not like a father-son relationship. We see later on Ben Solo have the same issue with not having Han Solo where he needed to be, plus all of the family history. And when that came to light, what happened? Ben Solo runs off, becomes Kylo Ren, or Vader 2.0. Obi-Wan Kenobi is who we're forgetting in all of this. And they even bring it up today. He says, I have... He doesn't really recall on it poorly, but he he recalls glimpses of his family, which is also a nice little homage to Leia in episode six, where she she re, you know has glimpses of of Padme, so to speak. But Obi Wan remembers even possibly having a brother, which is a nice nod to past Star Wars canon because he, he there was always this question if he had a brother or not, and I think about that sequence in in how. It's it's this soft sadness almost that he, yeah, like he, I don't think it's a regret that he became a Jedi, but that he was taken when he was so little and how open and honest he was with Leia yeah. when she asks him if he's her real dad, which is heartbreaking <sighs> that she even knows that. Right. But Obi-Wan didn't have Qui-Gon Jinn. So you've got essentially two brothers in Obi-Wan and Anakin. Without young guys. Figures. Yes. They don't have the father figure in their life or mothers. They, they don't have either. And they run rampant and they do a good job with what the hand they're dealt, so to speak. But it goes to waste because they've got bad influence when it comes to the emperor, right? right? Or lack of guidance in the Jedi order with all of the corruption that's going on with the Senate and how they kind of just get dragged down with it. But where I'm going with this, if I try to put a bow on it, is we always remember, oh, Anakin Skywalker died and became Darth Vader without the father figure. Well, as we mentioned last week, but to add on to that, Obi-Wan kind of died on Mustafar as well and became Ben Kenobi in a way without, again, that father figure, which was Qui-Gon Jinn. So it's so interesting to me. And I know Filoni had a hand in that. He had to with this theme of family and how people are, are raised. And I, it's just, it's mind blowing to me if that is true. But that's my perspective, how deep that they get into no, all of this. It, it makes a lot of sense. It, 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 it's a great point and something I've never thought about like that deeply before, but it absolutely makes sense. I mean, the, the loss of a father figure and the guidance, look what it leads to. Um, I also think that the uh, the one of the lines that Obi-Wan keeps hearing from Qui-Gon is, you have to train the boy, and he's reflecting on his failure. Uh, he, he's... He, um, uh, Darth Vader says it today. He says, this is what you made me. All of this guilt in the way that Obi-Wan failed Anakin. He says it in episode three, right? Uh, that, that guilt, that failure, he was set up for failure, right? Like you said, he didn't have a father figure. He was never supposed to be Anakin's father figure. So he feels all of this guilt, all of this failure for fail failing Anakin. And it's really a responsibility that never should have even been, been his. So I think that's even more so, the, you know, kind of leans on the importance of that Qui-Gon fight scene, the death of Qui-Gon and what, you know, the domino effect it had on the galaxy. When you think about that sequence after hearing Filoni again, a, a hockey man in the chat. Yes, it is under Disney gallery and it's that first season of Mandalorian. Uh, if you Google Dave Filoni, uh, Phantom Menace, right? Qui-Gon, whatever you'll find it. It'll be a YouTube clip. You will it. find it. Watch Phantom Menace knowing that that is the mindset and it changes everything and I, I dare you not to say that you you at least find a little bit more respect if you didn't like phantom menace before after you hear that and then watch that um but i i think about two like movies like uh this is a funny comparison but uh the movie onward from uh from pixar came out a few years ago and same thing the in that movie the father passed away and then you've got uh tom holland who voices one character chris pratt the other chris pratt's the older brother to, to tom holland and 
he has to essentially step up and become dead, which I know is a real life scenario for so many of us. And, you know, I'm sorry if that's the hands you're dealt, but it's true. You, you got to step up, right? Cause you're missing that, that figure. And a lot of those tropes really find their way into star Wars. And it's, I think that is what makes it very relatable for a lot of people. It's such an, it's such an unfair expectation for somebody to take on that responsibility. And we're seeing like the yes. ultimate failure, the ultimate consequence of that going wrong. Exactly. This is the worst case scenario. Um, I, anyway, that that's oh, go ahead, Jack. I just have a quick quick pivot. It, it's just the talking about you know some some of the scenes from you and McGregor, some of the things that some of the dialogue. What I can't get over is just the subtlety, but also the love he keeps showing for Padme in the show. The the lines and, and like the the way he speaks so fondly about Padme. Like there's they're they're really doing Padme uh, in her legacy and what she meant to Obi Wan justice with that relationship with with Leia and Obi Wan right now. It's very true. I love all of that. Every time he brings her up, it just gets me in the feels. I probably liked Padme a lot more than the average Star Wars fan. It's funny. So like growing up, John, I had no idea people didn't like the prequels. Sure. <laughs> I just was like, no, we all just love Star Wars, right? You, you don't love Star Wars? You're crazy. Of course, as I get older, I'm like, got it. Of course, most people in the Star Wars fandom did not like the prequels. Some of that's changing a little bit as time goes on, which tells me again, Give me 10 years last Jedi, I'll be a masterpiece. Anyway, that being said, it's really fun to get everyone's perspective on all of this, isn't it, especially when it comes to Padme. Isn't it funny that the people who were acting in those movies have the exact opposite experience? If you watch any of the interviews that uh, Ewan and that Christian, uh, Hayden Christensen have done, it's that they didn't realize anybody on the planet liked these movies because when they first made them, all they heard was the critics, right? So all they heard was people saying, you know, they, they saw the reviews and this, you know, this isn't as good as the original and the CGI was too much and, you know, the poorly acted, whatever. They thought these movies were just absolutely hated. Now, all of a sudden, the people like you and I who, you know, saw them as kids and grew up, you know, and have a fondness of them now we have a voice and it's just crazy to say it's like it's literally the exact opposite of what a kid like yourself experienced back then it's very true and i'm i'm so happy to see that especially for the actors like you and hayden because especially hayden man he just he deserves this love uh, so I'm happy to see him get that that second chance and this passion because a lot of people i think would have been like yeah no i'm not doing that again uh but good to, uh, surf green thanks for for gifting out there man you are awesome heck yeah thanks man um, what about uh, some more Leia stuff? She just continues to reinforce that that is the, the Leia we know and love. What a performance there. Um, oh, so towards the end, as they're in that Imperial commander who is defecting, she's kind of helping channel some of the, the people off planet where Obi-Wan and Leia get to. In her little hut that leads to that tunnel, they, they mentioned Quinlan Voss, which I think is really nice. So people who love uh, Star Wars lore outside of the movies a little bit in the Clone Wars they'll appreciate that that that's a reference to a kind of a rogue Jedi if you will he, he, he's an interesting case he's a cool dude cool dude for sure lots of good cosplays out there you think we'll see a Quinlan um, Voss uh, live action at some point it's weird yeah. to just drop that name maybe you'll see it in like uh, maybe that's something we see in Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor we gotta there's no, it just feels like there's there's like a, a short list of popular characters that yeah. need to get their on screen time and it's it's dwindling and he's he's on that he's list. He's on the list. Why drop that name? You can't just drop that name. Yeah, it, it was almost as is random as Aura Singh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so low, like what your name dropping here? Right. Um, 
let's see let's see and I, I, one, one thing i will say so when uh when um leia so when who's the who was the person that was handling leia who was helping escape do we know that person's name i know you mentioned uh I forget whatever her name is. She's helping Leia yeah. out, and eventually she doubles back to help out Obi Wan. Right? So Leia convinces her, like, "I'll be fine. You go help him. Make sure he doesn't die, please. Like, I'll figure this out." Right? When Leia gets to the end of the tunnel and she hears a voice that says, "I'm here to help you," I did not think that was Rava. Want to know who I thought that was? Maz Kanata oh. is the is the voice that I heard. Like, oh, I didn't hear. Been amazing. I didn't hear Rava's voice. I'm like, wait a minute, who was talking to Leia right now? Who's at the end of this road? I'm like, is that Maz Kanata? And I'm like, oh, it's just Rava. <laughs> Damn it. What's? <laughs> yeah, that's a buzzkill. Yeah. I did not think it was Rava. Yeah, same. I was, I was, I. They kept saying the pilot, the pilot. And I'm like, who's our pilot? It's a, it's a future Rebel Alliance person, right? Right. That legitimately surprised me i gotta say yeah the voice didn't sound like rave for some reason like, like the, i mean i know she was like doing this like, this you know this inviting child voice so it makes sense now that we understand the context but that was really uh, i was like i'm like wait a minute Maskinata? that's interesting i i'm gonna watch that again and probably hear that now i don't know how um, old Maz Kanata is and if that would make any sense but it's good right Maz is like a yoda character yeah she's super old that's what i thought so, right yeah um Oh my gosh, I had another thought that is totally escaping me right now. So much, dude. There's so much. There's a there's a lot to to gather for sure. Uh oh, how about the just random thought? You know, they get to the the gate, which is essentially like the laser. Oh yeah. Uh, before Obi-Wan starts shooting. That stormtrooper that falls, I was dude, like, Whoo! what a cool scene. We're getting crazy now. Yeah, we <laughs> like, are. Damn. Yeah, uh, cut yeah. right in half. But think, uh, you know, we'll talk talk about stormtroopers real quick. Um, th- they were so one dimensional in the original trilogy. I love that we're getting like more conversations with stormtroopers and like more like just insight yeah. that they're just regular people doing a job that like you know got just sucked into the empire. Just we, the more interactions we get with stormtroopers, the more I love it for whatever reason. It's just I always love to hear those conversations under the mask. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you because it it differentiates them from the clones, right? humanizes them a little bit even though they're they're kind of mindless uh but yeah I, I agree with that whether it was rogue one or even a little bit in the sequels trilogy uh a new wilhelm scream did we hear that yeah i don't know <laughs> was I, there one interesting i oh i don't know i don't know i think there's only one chris if i'm not mistaken i'll i'll have to watch that again it might have might have been a very kind of a a callback yeah, not a bad okay, reference yeah. if it was good stuff oh, oh okay uh, what I I probably want to wrap up on, unless there's other things that we we forgot to mention, uh, James Earl Jones is back. So oh, yeah. we we never we never confirmed that, right? Like it was never announced. We we would assume we would have to assume, but until until we got there, you don't know. So what's funny is when he was talking at first, I was like, okay, it's got to be James Earl Jones, but I didn't believe it till I saw the credits. You think about Rogue One, James Earl Jones, and how. It wasn't doctored up a lot. He sounds old. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but he's getting close to 90. Right. It's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. It's Vader, but it's not It's not the Vader we remember from the original trilogy. I, so I'm like, oh, did they put like a, a voice mod on Hayden? Something s- just stupid. No, it was actually him. This version of, of the voice of Vader is way better than Rogue One because it... They, they did more in the editing room, in the yes. sound room, so to speak, and it matches what I would expect. Now, Rogue One is kind of the outlier, which is fine, but yeah, it, they, you know, they've learned a lot, right, from 
how we had Tarkin and now we've got Luke Skywalker in terms of how they de-age people. We had Vader's voice in Rogue One, Vader's voice now. Even what the lightsabers look like with the natural light in the sequel trilogy to now. And then the stagecraft, which is the backdrop for how they do all of this. Dude, the volume is the coolest thing in the world. Like all the stuff that's shot in the volume just looks so good. It's so true. Like they keep getting better and better. And I love it. Star Wars was always at the forefront of technology when it came to movies. The original trilogy obviously was like mind blowing. You get to the prequels, even though they, they look a little hazy now. What, when you look at it in 1999, you're like, oh, damn. Like right. this, is in, this is very good CG. You, you can make a movie out of nothing. That's what they did for sure. I mean, they were, you know, yes. Ewan says it all the time. They were on blue and green screens the entire time. Exactly. And now this new iteration of Star Wars, we get stagecraft, which is just incredible, incredible stuff, which is being adopted by a lot of major movies around the world. I, I would love to just spend good. a day in the volume. Just, just, just show me everything. Put me on Tatooine. Put me in space. Th- throw me in hyperspace in the volume. That's got to be the coolest thing ever, just to be surrounded by those LED panels and like existing. I mean, obviously, a lot easier to act in, too, with those somewhat practical environments. Yes, and think about it. Like they, I, It's reading behind the scenes, they're like... You know, we used to obviously you'd have to fly out on location to some of these places, which is super expensive for the crew, the cast, etc. The time of it all, and now you can kind of do it in this contained, almost like mini arena. It looks so good. It looks so good. And one uh, one person at Lucasfilm was basically saying, "Yeah, we don't have to wait for that half hour of sunlight, and we don't have to get that sunlight perfectly right in a shot." This, now we create it, and we could have it 24 hours a day. This is what George Lucas wanted when he made the prequels. This is what he wanted. We don't have to wait for conditions. We don't have to do this. I can just make it. And, you know, he did what he did. The, you know, those movies looked fine for the time, and they certainly don't age, like, you know, the way we want them to. But, like, man, imagine if George Lucas had the volume. That's, like, that's what he was working towards. It's, you know, poetic is, that Star Wars is the first thing to use it with Mandalorian. It's perfect. This is the perfect blend of practical and CG effects, essentially. Uh, I think it's going to age well. Only time will tell, right? I say that now. but Yeah, I mean, and that technology yeah. can just get better. I mean, you can just put better screens yes. and more screens and brighter LEDs. Like, when the cameras are going to get better, and that, like, it's always, it's just going to get better. It's such a brilliant idea. John, anything we're missing, anything in the chat uh, that we haven't talked about? Is the series lacking? Is it missing anything that you wanted at this point? Is it about right? Has anything we've seen so far changed your hopes for what we want to see in the last three episodes? Tell me. Hit yeah, me. The only thing I would say is I'm maybe less hopeful for more cameos. I think we've got a focused story, and I think that we're kind of going to get this cat and mouse game between Vader and Obi-Wan. So maybe the uh, the Cal Kestis uh, cameos are maybe a little bit less, uh, you know, less sure of happening. So I, I don't know if we're going to get much like that unless we get, you know, Unless we get a good flashback scene, that's where I think we could see some cool, cool cameos. Maybe we get an Ahsoka Tano, you know, cameo and flashback. That that stuff's still a possibility, but uh, that's just about it. Everything else has just been blowing me away. Like we talked about, the pacing is just so, so perfect. It feels like what I would want. It's like if this wasn't going to be a movie and you're going to do a show, you're killing it. You're doing exactly what I would want you to do. It's just it's beat for beat. It's a it's a story that I can't wait to see the next. Uh, to see the next beat of and they're just it's man we, we saw it we saw vader and obi-wan it's just can't get enough of it it's a dream it's a dream basically come true uh, the first show that many of us have decided to weekly get up early for right exactly crazy I, I will say man. i'm glad it wasn't two episodes for that reason alone i was able to get up around like seven o'clock today as opposed to like five thirty, just to be safe right much easier yeah much easier because we, we didn't know the time of the episodes all that stuff you're rolling the dice right but 
that's what's fun about this community. Whether we're playing the same video games or we're watching the same TV shows, all of us in the chat, we're doing this week to week. This is what makes what we do special. And it's that camaraderie. We get up at six, six 30 in the morning. We're, I'm, we're in a group chat. I'm texting other week people. I'm, I'm texting coworkers. This is awesome. By the way, I got to give a real quick shout out before I wrap up here. Uh, Marissa, someone I, I have a coworker with who may be watching right now was not a Star Wars fan, had not really gotten into Star Wars, watched Star Wars until May 4th of this year, watched every movie, is watching Kenobi week to week with us, and is a big fan. So, Marissa, you are dedicated, and I'm so happy that the bug hit you, let me tell you. What a great time to, to become a Star Wars fan. you got to get in our list of Clone Wars episodes to hop in and uh, get in on the Clone Wars, because if you if you like Obi-Wan at all, and you're, you, you enjoyed the prequels, and you like that relationship with Anakin and Obi-Wan, man, you got to watch Clone Wars. Get it ready before uh, Ahsoka comes out next Oh, year, for sure. sure. I did ask. I was like, all right, we did Star Wars. How do we think uh, we want to do the MCU? Uh-oh. <laughs> so, there, I think there's some podcasts out there she could follow uh, episode by episode that might uh, might help rock quite a bit. Oh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. MCU reviewed. You got to check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll wait on that, Marissa. But uh, there it is. All right. She gave me the text. Perfect. <laughs> she, she's watching. So uh, MC reviewed. We go movie by movie. Where are we? We did Endgame last, right? Yeah, Endgame was the last one. Yeah, we we got some right, catching so up to do. 20- like like we always say, they just keep making these Marvel movies. It turns out, so we're we're behind. At one point, we were we were at a good pace, but we're behind. But you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've. If you like what we're doing here, go back and listen to Star Wars Reviewed or watch it. We've got every every episode at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse or listen in on wherever you download your podcast. We've gotten through every movie except for Rise of Skywalker. But okay, got it. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, every no, no, movie, no. but Rise of Skywalker. Everything but that. So go check that out. We rank the movies, which is not controversial whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, you got to check that out. Uh, wrap it up on this episode of Kenobi, John. Imagine, if you will. So this, we think this is a, a very contained uh, one-off story between this, this, epi- this, these six episodes. Right. I think back to how season two of Mando ended, and that's where we got, oh, post- we're getting a Book of Boba Fett. Are you kidding me? That sounds awesome. Of course, it ended up not being awesome. But anyway, super exciting, right? How they delivered that news. Right. What if, what if the end of Kenobi, the post credits, sets up a Darth Vader series? Stop it. It can't happen. We can't do it. We'll never do it. Why? We'll never do why? it. Why? Because I want yeah. it too much and I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> that's why. Scott, baby. Dude. I, oh, my that's God. Where that's where I'm going. Vader and the Inquisitors. Like, why not? Why would you not do that? The only reason you don't do that is because because it's so difficult to tell a a story from the uh, perspective of an antagonist, and they very rarely even hit the market because they're so difficult to do. But, ugh. But? But? John, those Darth Vader comics. Comics are way easier. Comics are way easier to do it. But you're right. Those comics are so good, and if you can translate that. Yeah, I'm in. I don't care. Make it happen. We're all about ready to sign up for another three years of Disney Plus this fall anyway. So you've got our money. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. So we really enjoyed this episode of Hello There. Thanks for joining at twitch.tv slash Geekiverse. Before we totally sign off here, we've got an event this weekend. Uh, kind of hit last second. It's not like our holiday stream where we promoted that for a month or two. But uh, this Sunday, June 5th, we will be live, not on Twitch, as we usually are, we're going to do Facebook Lives, facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. 
10 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. We are streaming. Why are we streaming? We're trying to raise money for what's called the 11-day power play in Western New York, Buffalo, New York, where we are based. There's an event. I'm participating in it because I'm a lunatic. I'm going to skate and play hockey for two different four-hour shifts. Why we do it, though? To raise money for a lot of local organizations dedicated to putting cancer on ice, if you will, to trying to, to end cancer, to helping charities, uh, organizations such as Roswell Park Cancer Institute, Oshai, Children's Hospital, the list goes on and on. We're going to raise money for that. Uh, John and I will be streaming throughout the day. We're going to play some video games. John and I are going to play some one-on-one guess the Star Wars character. It's going to be epic. Of course, it's hockey, of course. I said that twice. Uh, so we're going to be playing some NHL. You can check that out. All throughout the day, we're going to be having some uh, live chats, interviews. It's going to be a good time. Come hang out if you can. Uh, donation links are live now. You can donate on my page over at the 11daypowerplay.com slash brosia. It's my name, essentially with a bro in the front of it. Kind of. Or you can go to paypal.me slash geeksgive. That's paypal.me slash geeksgive. Any bit you can contribute will go a long way. We really appreciate you even just being a part of it. John, um, we already talked about if people like Star Wars, if people like Marvel, what they can check out. But if people like video games, because we're, we've been getting some Star Wars video game news, what uh, what can people check out on the Geekiverse channel? Uh, yeah, so we, we've been having a lot of fun over at Busy Sticks, our video game podcast. So we, we try to shoot for that weekly as long as the news provides. And guess what? The news is about to provide. There's a lot coming up. We've got the uh, the PlayStation State of Play coming. We've got Sony's, I'm sorry, we've got uh, Microsoft and Bethesda Showcase. We've got uh, Summer of Games, all sorts of stuff coming up. So we will be chatting all sorts of video games soon. So yeah, check out Busy Sticks. It's awesome. Um, got some games coming up soon too. Got some fun stuff to talk about. We do. It's uh, It's, it's, the former E3 time of year, and damn, do we miss that. The buzz, the announcements, the leaks, all of it. We're getting a taste of that. We've got the state of play, as John mentioned, so we're going to hear about PSVR 2, some big third-party releases, uh, allegedly, as well as Xbox. What is going on with Xbox and Bethesda? We'll find out in a few weeks. Uh, last thing here, also, if you're watching at Twitch or on YouTube, John and I have some awesome, awesome snazzy shirts on. He's got his Buffalo-themed Nintendo shirt. Of course, I've got my Buffalo-themed The Batman shirt. Where can you get these shirts? Go to 26shirts.com. What do they do? They do good. They do good for people. They've raised over $1.4 million to date in their existence that have gone to families, individuals, and charities, all in need of your support. Every two weeks, they do a brand new shirt. A lot of times, they're geek-themed, they're Buffalo Bills Mafia-themed, or sometimes... They're geek themed, which is perfect for us or Star Wars. I I, I gotta stop spending money on on t-shirts. It's crazy. It's a, it's a However, problem. Luckily, they close to a good cause. It makes me feel a lot better. And every time we pull up one of these group chats and somebody shares a new a new uh, shirt, I'm like, I can't buy another shirt. But I'm like, but it's for the kids and it's for the people who need it. I gotta do yeah. it. I gotta do it. So so yeah, yeah. I I swear. I swear Dell is specifically targeting us. Like, it's not even fair. Yeah, because not only do we buy the shirts, we promote them on our shows and <laughs> other people <laughs> buy them too. So, of course, smart, beautiful move. Dell Reed is a very smart man, everybody. Let me tell you. But anyway, again, you like Bill's themes. Sabres. Sabres stuff is starting to come around again because they're they're starting to be fun. Uh, but anyway, yeah, check that out. 26shirts.com. $1.4 million raised to date. Unbelievable stuff. Happy to be friends with them. For this episode of Hello There. We hope to catch you next week for John, for Josiah, myself. Cannot wait to chat with you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. May the force be with you.
May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.